Welcome back to the True North Podcast. My name is James McKenzie, and I've got Ryan Moore with me today. What's up, Ryan? What's up, man? I'm happy to be here. It's yeah. been a while. Yeah, it has been. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. A Good. little little raspy yeah. today. We all Maybe have you. the sinuses. So I'll be coughing today. Ryan's got the, the sexy voice going on. Yeah. So, um, But we're really excited for today's podcast. Um, we've got our friend Matt Dewey with us today. Matt, how are you? Good morning. I'm doing great. We're really excited to hear your story. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I don't know what's going to come, yeah. but we'll let the spirit lead. So whenever I first started with True North, I kept hearing about this guy out in Yukon that was crazy passionate about um, all things True North and, and getting the word out. And it was Matt Dewey. Matt Dewey this, Matt Dewey that. And then I finally get the chance to meet him. And I'm like, oh, what's the big deal? I'm just kidding. <laughs> right. No, it... <laughs> It was a guy that was clearly set on fire for what happened to him at, at base camp. And the cool thing about what I've seen over the past several years is you were really on fire to get the word about base camp out to men. Oh, but yeah. the cool thing that I've you stayed on fire. Like, dude, you're one of the most disciplined people I know. And it's beautiful to watch. And you're you're dedicated, committed. But, like, the overall story over the past several years is how dedicated you've just been to the love of God and pursuing Him. It's not about any outward things that you're trying to do, you know, to make a name for yourself. It's been all about getting yourself before God and and pushing towards Him in all things. And so we believe that Matt's story is going to really bless all of you. And so let's start from the beginning. Uh, let's go back to your childhood. Tell us what that looked like. Yeah. Well, thanks for that introduction. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know about all that, but yeah, you caught me at a good time five years ago. Uh, really this month was when I, uh, I mean, my life was completely changed at a base camp, but really to understand the transformation that God worked in that one weekend. And it, it was really God working. That's certainly not true North. It just set the environment so that God could finally, I could finally hear his voice to speak yeah. to me. But yeah, to really understand the impact of that and the impact that's had on myself and my family, then, yeah, I mean, going back to the beginning, sort of in the beginning, right? But, I mean, I've, I've heard a lot of men's stories now over the years and over the last five years, and and uh, in a lot of ways I'm extremely fortunate, extremely blessed in the way I grew up. I mean, my family was uh, a good family. I've got two older brothers, and my parents were married uh, the whole time, I mean, 50 years. They were married before uh, and my mom just passed away this last uh, January. But, uh, I mean, it's we've had a strong family for the most part. Yeah. Not to say that we were perfect. Yeah. But, man, I, I mean, they had me in church, you know, as, as long as I can remember. And, um, and I even got to serve in church from an early age. So, I mean, I had a lot of, a lot of engagement that way. Um, there were a lot of things that I could contribute and do in the church and I was I was I actually enjoyed it for for the most part um my mom was really engaged in the church as well she actually uh, she even went and got a master's degree so she could teach the children's ministry and stuff on Sundays oh, wow. and Wednesdays and and so she was extremely engaged um and my father kind of he went along with it too um and in that I mean I saw how serving God is really a, it really is a joy. I mean, there is benefit in that. Um, and that was my life for, 
for most of my young years, right? Until yeah. I started becoming a teenager. And then I started uh, getting into other things, I guess. Um, I had other distractions, yeah. I could say. Yeah, so talk about that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So turns out um, doing things for God is is great, but um, not knowing him, I, I started to seek knowing now I was looking for identity in in other things. So through friends, right? I mean, I had a close group of friends. I'm an introvert by nature. And so, you know, I had a I had a tight group of friends there in high school and and we still stuck together. I mean, I just talked to a bunch of them, a few of them last uh, uh just this week. And it's a blessing to have them, but uh for the longest time those are the only friends that I had. I mean, yeah. even into my 20s. But um but yeah, I uh there in my late teens, I started to, well, I should say as I was growing up, you know, I'd spent a lot of time outside and got to play with my friends and stuff outside, and that was cool. But I also spent a lot of time watching reruns on TV, right? Like yeah. TV, I've ended up, and we had a computer back in the early days so that I, I mean, I ended up with a video game addiction even at, you know, in an early age. Back before the internet, well, so this well, was... Well, what was the games? Uh, yeah, so, so, I mean, it was usually first-person shooters back when that was a yep. first... That was a brand-new thing, right? I mean, we're talking yeah. Wolfenstein to Doom to all that fun stuff. Goldeneye? Was Goldeneye one? No, so we didn't have systems. We oh. didn't have consoles, man. I guess my dad spent too much money on a PC <laughs> early in the day, so... Yeah, because you had to get a mortgage out on PCs oh, back then. Man, yeah, our first PC had two floppy drives, and I don't know what that, <laughs> what that set them back, but it was a lot. And that was yeah. before hard drives. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I've been a gamer for a long time. I've been a computer nerd, yeah. you know, since I could pretty much write, and uh, and that's been it's been a fun experience as well. I mean, it's not all bad, but yeah, uh, yeah it's not always good either. Yeah. So, what did that lead into? Yeah. So, growing into my you know adolescence, I guess as I moved out of the house, um, I realized pretty quickly at college that uh, I didn't necessarily want to go to church anymore. You know, I had other things to do on my mornings. Yeah. And I mean, I actually did pretty well in college there for a couple of years. I'd, God's blessed me with the reasonable intelligence. I've been able to do pretty well on tests. So, you know, I got good grades. So yeah. on the surface, it looked pretty good. And even for those first two years of college, even though I was still addicted to games and and uh, and then addicted to pornography as well. I mean, I those things were beneath the surface for the most part. I could still get school done. Yeah. But, you know, when I had a choice of what to do on a Sunday, it wasn't go to church. It was let me do what I want to do. And, right. You know, I'm sure God will figure it out later. The God that I invented in my mind, really, he was pretty much good with whatever I did as long as I wasn't hurting somebody else. Mm. So, yeah, I could justify a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah, that phrase, I can justify anything, actually became one of my catchphrases. I was pretty proud of that, right? It's Interesting. Like, yeah, it's, uh, it's a dangerous road to go down because yeah. then I became my own God in a lot of ways. If I'm justifying what I'm doing by comparing it to somebody else or whatever I was doing, it was, it was really about me. and It was just about what I considered good that day, and that could change from one day to the next. But uh, but I certainly wasn't seeking God in his word. I just assumed that he was there with me and that, you know, he'd sort things out in the end, that he'd forgive everything anyway. So that was kind of where I, I got off the path. And uh, and really, even in my working life and stuff, I I 
did pretty well at uh, at one college, moved to another one with a buddy, and, and I actually discovered marijuana down there as well as video games. So that combination did not work well with class. <laughs> and then now I had the co- – it wasn't just the option of should I go to church. It's, man, should I go to class today? Nah. Yeah. Don't sleep in. I'll play some video games. It was – so I didn't I didn't flunk out of college because of partying. I flunked yeah. out of college because of video games for the yeah. most part. Wow. So yeah, that was not my proudest moment, right? For considering that I've wrapped up so much of my identity in succeeding and being intelligent, being being the guy who could, you know, do these things. Like that was where I was at the time and and then I've failed two semesters. Like that was that was pretty rough, and that cost a lot of money too. So yeah. that wasn't fun either. But yeah, how did that? How did your parents? How did your parents handle that with you? Man, my parents were extremely supportive, even though I kind of knew that I was going off the rails. Right to some extent, I still thought I could manage it. I still thought I could figure it out. But, um, I mean, there were times I was the boomerang kid, so I moved back home more than once, actually. Yeah. And uh, and they were still supportive. They really wanted to help me. I know they did. And they did in a lot of ways just by loving me through that. Yeah. Um, but I was still, you know, I was still trying to figure out who I was, and that was such a difficult thing, I guess. My two older brothers are quite a bit older than me. And so, I mean, you know, seven years and ten years older. But, wow. Um, and we still talk pretty pretty regularly, but um, and we were fairly close at the time. It's just, I, you know, my close group of friends, we all were figuring things out at the same time. I really didn't have a, a guidepost that was unmoving, right? Everyone was kind of changing what we were doing, and, and I changed in whatever situation I found myself in. Whichever group of friends I was with, I was somebody a little bit different, you know, just fitting in with whatever, whatever came up, but... Yeah, those were difficult times for my parents. I'm sure they, I mean, they eventually figured out I was smoking marijuana as well as, mm. you know, and all these things. And I mean, that was tough for them because, hey, I was a good kid, right? Yeah. Not, you know, it wasn't starting, cracks were starting to show. Let's yeah. just put it that way. Yeah, so what what was next after, after uh, dropping out of college? Yeah, so I went to work. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, well, and I, man, I worked so many different hourly jobs. I worked for friends. I, I washed dishes for quite some time. Actually, that was, uh, that was somewhat cathartic in, in a lot of ways. <laughs> you, know, you can kind of get into a Zen mode, but I say Zen, honestly, I was, I was at the time I was seeking like religion to help solve some of my problems. Well, one of those religions were Eastern religions. I mean, I was looking into Buddhism and, and Hinduism, things like, I mean, like trying to find, you know, my inner self, all those, I was really searching for some kind of meaning in life. Cause now, especially when I went to the larger university that I failed out of and I saw that this thing is built on money, right? Like it just kind of felt like I was a number, a cog in the wheel. And when I realized, man, I was like, these guys don't care about me. Like, I don't even know if I need all this stuff. I went, I actually went pretty much full hippie, right? Like, so I've got the I've got the short haircut now, but yeah. I had hair down to my shoulders at one point. I had a beard that does not does not need to see the light of day again. Let's just put I, it that way. I think way. we're gonna need that picture. No doubt. To, we'll probably use it to promote this podcast. Yes, it is somewhere. <laughs> it we'll is see. Somewhere. It, it is, is somewhere. It is hard to look at these days. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, man, that was, that was the, uh, that was the me that was looking for, yeah. you know, for some kind of meaning, honestly, cause it just felt like the whole world was set up to be some kind of sham. Like it was just a whole kind of, everything was for profit or something. It just didn't felt like, it didn't feel like I was uh, making any meaning. In it. So even though you had all that knowledge and had worked in the church and all that, so you knew a lot about God, but you were recognizing at that point that there was still something missing and so you're seeking other places too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> I left out a pretty key point and you just reminded me, thanks. But it, my mom is involved as she was in the church. The church actually kind of ushered her out, right? Mm. It was, it was a, someone in leadership, new leader comes in and he doesn't really care for outspoken women, right? And my mom was pretty outspoken. Yeah. And so she had a lot of church hurt from that. And this was, it was after I moved out of the house, but still it affected me because I, I thought of her as that spiritual leader of the house and also as the, the one to model what it is to follow God. And then sure. she's kind of showing the door. And, um, and so that, I mean, that caused a huge doubt for me and religion as a whole and God even. And so I was thinking, yeah. you know, if this is how God treats people, then I'm, I'm going to search for a different God or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You knew it didn't feel right. Right. Yeah. There was clearly a disconnect between what they said and what they did. Right. And I mean, right. you see that in leadership in a lot of ways is because people are, are flawed human human beings. I mean, and sure we can't be perfect. Uh, even those following God and I'll yeah. attest to the fact that I'm still not perfect. Yeah. Won't be until the resurrection, but I'm looking yeah. forward to that. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I was searching in every different way that I could, um, but searching doesn't pay the bills. So, and I, man, I was working retail and I was putting up truck at an auto parts store at three in the morning. I'm like, this is not fun. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I don't see myself buying a house, all these things. Like I just didn't feel like I was making, getting anywhere. And my landlord at the time, he had uh, retired from the military and that's, he kept talking me into, he's like, Oh man, I'd go back in today if I could. And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, it was 2004 uh, when I joined uh, the army, I joined the army and, and knew that I didn't just want to do any old job. I wanted something that would actually give me a skill that might be useful. So yeah. I worked on radios. Um, and how old were you? I was 24 years old. Okay. Almost, yeah. yeah. So A little older than normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, right? And You're probably was, one of the older guys, huh? Oh, I felt it. I felt it. Just being around <laughs> the 18-year-olds, and I'm like, man, I, I hate you guys for being able to run and not, like, <laughs> run and not grow weary. I was weary just getting out of bed. <laughs> felt like an old man. Like, yeah. it, was, it was terrible. But, 24. Uh, old man. Oh, I know. I know. It's hard to imagine that now. But, uh, yeah. yeah, it was – that was an eye-opening experience in a lot of ways, but it was certainly something I needed. Yeah. Um, cause I mean, I, even I could look at my life and see that discipline was not a part of it. Right. And that it was really all about me still. And most of the reasons I joined the military were still selfish. Um, you know, I, I just wanted a way out. I wanted something. I wanted to get some training, wanted to, to see the world. Maybe that didn't work so well. Yeah. I got to see Texas and I got to see Iraq. So oh. I got to see parts of the world, yeah. but you know, yeah. nothing against Texas. Or Iraq, for that matter, but uh, not exactly what I expected. Yeah, I also believe my recruiter that uh, you know, oh, you know, you'll be in the rear someplace. You know, I didn't expect to go over and be deployed or any of that stuff, but mm -hmm. I'm glad I did. And I mean, I was with a with a bunch of great guys during that, and yeah. 
man, that had a huge impact in so many ways. I couldn't even imagine. Yeah. How yeah. long were you in? I was in for about five years. So I signed up for four and then, uh, and then I got a, got the stop lost, which is, uh, for those guys who've been in, who've experienced that, I'm sorry. Cause that was not fun for me at all. I mean, I was actually out like after four years, I got out and I was on terminal leave. I had like 25 days of leave and I was out on vacation. I was done with the army and then they called me up and it's no, you got to come back because <laughs> yeah. there's another deployment coming. So I'd already done the one deployment in, in Iraq I was over there for 15 months. Cause that one got extended and yeah, that, uh, that term needs of the army comes up a lot when you're serving. It's, uh, yeah, well, I know you want to do something else, but actually the army needs you to do this. So, yeah, I was uh, a little longer than I'd hoped, but uh, but I had a good reason for getting out. That was because I met a girl. Mm. Was this the first serious relationship for you? Yes. Yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, I mean, I didn't date. I dated one girl maybe in high school. If yeah. you can call it a date, and I think it lasted a couple of days, and I realized she was uh, – <laughs> More than I could uh, handle. Let's put it that way. Yeah, <laughs> uh, kind of I feel like it, there's a story there. <laughs> there is a story. It's a short story. Like I say, it was a couple yeah. of days. But well. uh, yeah, when you meet a girl that you're working with at McDonald's, you know, <laughs> that's probably the start of a bad joke. And yeah. you know, I'm not making a joke of her. I pray and hope that she's doing well. Yeah. But uh, it, that was not right for me at the time. Yeah, let's put it that way. Um, but no, and I was in Iraq <laughs> when. Uh, when I got, you know, I used to send emails back home. So thankfully, mm-hmm. we live in a day and age where we can send electronic letters. It's a whole lot quicker than yeah. my dad had to deal with in Vietnam, for instance. But um, I get an email, and, and it's uh, a friend of ours, a mutual friend of my family, people that we grew up with. And they knew somebody else, a friend of theirs, that whose daughter was just kind of looking to have a pen pal in the military. So, okay, yeah, I mean, I'll write somebody. I, I actually enjoy writing. It's something I enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I started writing this gal by the name of Ashley who, uh, and we can make a long story short there. I mean, we did get married, yeah. um, and thank God for that. Cause honestly, uh, at initial impressions and she knows this well is that I saw a Christian girl. She was very open about her faith, yeah. which was actually pretty much, uh, that was scary to me, right? Like. I saw someone who was going to judge me and, you know, and now all the things that I've been able to justify, right? Like I just had a feeling she wasn't going to prove any of this stuff, the drinking, certainly pornography. I wasn't going to tell her that anyway. Um, but you know, video games and all these things, I just figured that wasn't going to be compatible. So I'm like, yeah. And honestly, I'd gotten pretty used to living alone. Yeah. Um, but uh, and she had a son already. And so I, you know, there's a lot of reasons why I was thinking about moving on, but honestly, the more time that I spent writing her and honestly, I was trying to scare her away through writing her. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was yeah. like, well, fine. If this Christian girl wants to talk, I'll tell her some stuff. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I like Eastern philosophy and all this stuff. Whatever I was, you know, threw in there. And we did save those. Those would probably be fun to read with my grandkids yeah. someday. <laughs> like, what in the world were you into, man? I don't even know. But, uh, yeah, thanks to her, she uh, she was relentless in pursuing me, honestly, right? Yeah. So because of my insecurity, um, because of my own selfishness and just the fact that I liked having my own time and money and didn't really want to share it with other people. Like she had to continue to pursue me and she did, man. She did a, an amazing job of, uh, 
showing me love. It's, it's probably the closest thing to unconditional love outside my parents that I've ever experienced. And, um, and man, I just realized it one day, I mean, over time and time and time, and we did, I mean, I did come home. We went on a couple of dates and stuff. And after I got back from Iraq, we spent more time together. But um, I started to realize that, that she loved me in a way that I didn't even understand. Like, I couldn't even love myself that well. Mm. And she loved me beyond that. Um, yeah. And I was like, well, you know, honestly, I'd be crazy to, to pass this up. Yeah. Because I've never experienced that in my life to, up to that point. Yeah. And so you put a ring on it. Oh, yes. Yeah. Thank God. Thank God. Well, I think, honestly, I thank God because he gave me the ability to, to go down that road to finally commit and, and honestly give up part of my life to spend with someone else. Um, That was a big leap for me and that was not easy. And it took a lot of conversations and she did have to break up with me once because I was not committing. Like it was, it was the whole thing, but. Does she give you an ultimatum? Yes. Yeah. As a matter of fact, because I still wouldn't tell her I loved her, right? Like after however many months we'd been dating and stuff like that. And I mean, she led the way on that deal too. She led a lot of things, right? And uh, and honestly, I was like, yeah, she's pretty pushy. You know, I don't know. This is not this not going well. And then I was like, well, wait a second. What is it in? What is my problem? Like that I can't receive love yeah. or whatever this is. I just knew that there was something there that I had been missing. And, uh, and sure enough, we, uh, I'm, I'm proposed, we were engaged and we were going to church because she brought me to her church that yeah. she was very active in. And, and this was, y'all, this church was way different than the one I grew up in, yeah. <laughs> like way different. And I was not a big fan at first. I was like, yeah, the music's too loud. The preaching's too easy. And honestly, I went in there with a lot of pride too, even though even though I basically turned my back on religion, I still had pride in the religion that I had, right? Like, I still believed that I had done the things. Like, I had already Mm -hmm. earned God's favor, right? Like, it felt like I'd earned it already. And then here I am sitting in this other church where they're like, oh, just pray this prayer at the end. No, man, it takes more work than that. Like, I had been, I had done the work. It felt like I had done more. And so I was sitting there in, in pride. What a spot to be in. Man, yeah. yeah, I was a tough nut to crack for God. <laughs> like, I was hard headed, and uh, and it was hard. Like I say, Ashley was the one that led me, and she continued to lead me closer to God through yeah. her love and through her her encouragement of me. She yeah. wouldn't after we got married. She wouldn't let me uh, let her be the spiritual leader of the house. She wanted me to be the spiritual leader. I just I didn't feel equipped. I mean, mm. I. I I tried to do the things and I tried to do the stuff in church, honestly, that I thought good men do. And I, I wanted my kids in church certainly, and I didn't want to be a bad dude. So yeah, I mean, I, we got engaged in, in the church, um, in serving again. And here we go. I I was doing things for God again. And that felt right. Probably felt normal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, yeah, something I was comfortable with for the most part. Um, I mean, we were, Serving in the and the ushers and host team and things like that and and but I wasn't trying to meet anybody at church. I, most of the time, I didn't know my pastor's name. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I just I didn't want to talk to anybody there because yeah. I kind of still felt like a like a poser, like a sham on the yeah. inside. 
Um, but I wanted to look decent on the outside. And, I mean, we had a small group meeting in our house that really my wife led, and I reluctantly went along. Yeah. Like, you know, it was it was all that. And honestly, it felt like I was doing the right things. I mean, I'd even yeah. pray with my kids occasionally, yeah. but not much in public. Yeah. And so you started a family together. Yeah. How many kids did you end up having? Yeah, we have a total of four. Yeah. Four boys, as yeah. a matter of fact. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, we had our own plans on that. Of course, I married into one one uh, great young man, and he's uh, he's off on his own now. But uh, yeah, the other three, it was two, and we were uh, we were happy with that. And we said thank you, God. And he said, "Here's the third. And we said, "Thank you again. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's awesome." And then I went and got that taken care of, yeah. so that we can. <laughs> <laughs> so we can enjoy our marriage without the uh, worries of more yes. diapers. Uh, yes. Yeah, I love the diaper diaper stage. I just don't want to go back to it. Yeah, I I didn't love it at all, actually. (laughs) And I'm not afraid to admit it. Fair enough. (laughs) So you're raising a family. You're going to this church. um, But you still kind of have some pride you're dealing with. Um, Did anything else happen in that time before before going to base camp? Yeah. Yeah, so I I really think, and it would... I had been in that church for eight or nine years or something before I made it to that base camp. Yeah. And a lot of things, I mean, it, you kind of try to make life work. We all do. I mean, wherever you are, but, um, since my focus was trying on trying to do more to be better. Um, I mean, I was really trying to put these sermons into practice. Like some of these things, Hey, that's good practical advice. Like yeah. I want to do that. And I'd take the notes home and I'd, I'd think about it for a day, you know, and then it just kind of leave. And I just, I really felt like I couldn't get any traction. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I still had the hidden sin. Now looking back, like to me, I had completely justified an addiction to pornography as just part of, you know, what I needed and that I could justify it and that I wasn't quote unquote hurting Hurt. anyone. Yeah. Right. And which is terrible <laughs> now looking back because, mm-hmm. Not only was I hurting my marriage, I really was, but I was hurting myself in the main at the same time. Absolutely. Um, but at the time, completely justified that and kept that hidden like for a long time. And that did start to come out finally. And that was that was leading up to twenty eighteen, um, before I got to base camp. Um one of the other things I remember too is is one particular sermon series that bastards preached that uh that had to do with dangerous prayers. Mm. And I remember him saying, you don't want to pray these things if you're not ready to, you know, to, yeah. for God to expose some stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> Thanks for telling me. Thanks for the warning. Yeah. yeah that's good. Good advice. Maybe yeah. I'll, yeah, maybe someday, but not today. Yeah. Um, and so I just filed that one away to come back to later. But, um, so anyway, I, yeah, I had heard many good sermons and, I had plenty of exposure to the truth and mm. even started reading the Bible. I think it was yeah. 2018 that I started going through the Bible in one year with my wife and with somebody else. And, mm-hmm. and I was actually starting to get engaged. Like I was, I think it was because I was searching for answers, right? Like I'd, sure. I'd done a lot of things. And once again, I found myself coming up short, just yeah. didn't feel like enough. Yeah. You know what it makes me think of? What did you say earlier in your story when talking about school? You said, God blessed you with. Yeah, he gave me intelligence and reasonable. Reasonable uh, intelligence, yeah. is that what you said? Yeah. And so it sounds like those eight years or so, you were gaining intelligence, but it wasn't making it to your heart. 
Absolutely. Yeah, I was gaining a knowledge of God, which was something I knew how to do pretty well, right? I could study, I could pass a test, and that's kind of what I felt like I was doing. I figured if I learned enough about God that all this stuff would make sense, and I'd start to be able to you know, put it into practice. Yeah. So, yeah, that was it was really about accumulating knowledge. Yeah. And it's astute observation. Yeah. So we're inching towards... We're getting to the good part. The good part. Yeah. That all our... Our uh, podcast listeners know we're getting getting to. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. how did you hear about Basecamp? Yeah, how'd you end up there? Yeah, man. Thankfully, somebody just asked me that the other day because it's amazing how quick five years goes by. Yeah. But um, so I had heard of the Suns Out Guns Out event that uh, it was probably the last one that was put on. Yeah. As a matter of fact, because it was muddy, it was crazy. Like you couldn't even drive down to where we were shooting, so we had to hop in the back of a pickup truck. The reason I went to this event of all events, because I think we had it uh, mentioned from stage at, at church, and I was like, oh, these guys shoot guns? I'll shoot guns with anybody. Back yeah. then, yeah. guns were as much of my religion as yeah. as science and God were. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, yeah, no, I'll go shooting. So I went out there with a buddy of mine. We hop in the back of this pickup truck. Another dude jumps in there. He's, you know, we're kind of introducing ourselves. Yeah, I'm Matt. He's like, Matt Dewey? I was like, how in the world did you guess that? Like, yeah, who are you? Well, this dude's got a beard down to his, you know, belly, and is a guy that I knew from high school that I hadn't seen since high school. Wow! And uh, and man, he'd already had his life changed at a base camp, and I think he'd even been to an ascent already. I mean, yeah. the dude, he was he was engaged, and he's like, "Oh man, yeah, you got to go." It's like, yeah, we'll see. I don't <laughs> know, because I mean, True North had been in my in the lobby of my church many times before that, and I yeah. walked right on by. Like, yep, I know oh, the thank type. You. Yeah, yeah, I know <laughs> yeah, them down right. too. <laughs> I know the guys that won't make eye contact with me in the lobby of church. Yep. Yeah, yep. I'm like, oh, they want money and they want to take my time. <laughs> nope, I don't want any of that. No, thank you. And man, we do want your money. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, and we'll yeah. take your weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you haven't gotten a whole lot of money out of me over the last five years. Unfortunately, I wish I had more to give, yeah. but uh, we all? give as I as I am able. But yeah, I was uh, I was avoiding it until that event. And man, he he planted the seed, and I I want to say that took like another year or something for me to actually act on that. Wow! And it was as things were falling apart, as my wife was learning more about my pornography addiction, because it wasn't just, hey, you know, can you stop? And I said, well, yeah. I'll quit for you. You know, it's fine. I, uh, this bothers you for some strange reason, right? In my mind, I still had it completely justified. But if yeah. it bothers you, sure, I'll stop for you. But I couldn't. I just couldn't work my way out of my own addiction. And it just, I, I didn't have the power. And I started to realize I just, as we say in, in Celebrate Recovery Circles, I had come to the point where uh, I knew that I could not do it on my own. Like, I had come to the end of myself. Mm. Um, that's not the actual phrase, but, um, yeah, I, I realized that my life had become unmanageable and that, uh, I needed to try something different if I wanted different results. And so sure enough, there was a base camp coming up that fall, September of 2018. And I tried to get some friends to go with me just so that I wouldn't be out there on my own. That didn't happen. I think God knew that I needed to be there on my own. For one reason, I told you I'm, in, I'm an introvert by nature, yeah. and so I don't like the idea of meeting new people, much less being around a bunch of people that I don't know. Mm-hmm. Not my thing. Um, and so I went there, and I was like, you know, 
I'm going to make the most of this. For one thing, the money at the time was not easy for me to come up with. And Mm -hmm. spending three days away from my family was not an easy decision. Even though I wasn't, you know, the father of the year, I really knew what it was going to cause my wife to have to go through and, you know, to pick up the slack. Yeah. And so those, I almost used those excuses to justify staying out of it. But eventually, you know, my wife, she agreed, like, no, you need to go. Okay, I'm going. And if I'm going, I'm going to make the most of it, right? And so yeah. I'll, this weekend, I'll just, I'll do my best to meet other people and not, you know, not consider it a burden. Yeah. And one of the first guys I met there had flown in there from Maryland to go to base camp. <laughs> like, no kidding. He literally took a flight to come to Oklahoma, to go to Anadarko, Oklahoma, and go to a base camp for the weekend. And he was flying back afterward. And I'm like, wait a second, what do you mean? Like, you flew halfway across the country to go to this thing? Okay, I guess I'll pay attention, right? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe this is kind of important. And sure enough, man, I took so many notes that weekend, and I I still love taking notes. It helps me retain stuff, but it's also, man, it's just there was so much content. And for the learner in me, right, the knowledge part, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, sweet. They're going to give me all the things that I need to know to get this thing figured out, and yeah. then I'll be good. And so I was, I was, man, I think I ran out of pen. Like, I think I just ran that thing dry. And, um, but that wasn't, that wasn't the best part. As much as I love what we learned there, it uh, really was spending time alone with God. Like, yeah. and I realized that I'd prayed a lot in my life. Like, I prayed a lot, a lot of prayers. And I never stopped to listen for a response. I just assume that God was this giant, you know, old man in the sky. And then I just throw stuff up to him. He reads them later. Mm. And if he wants to approve it, he will. Like, I didn't realize that he wanted a relationship with me. Yeah. And I, I'm sure I'd heard that message in church. Uh, so I'm not blaming my pastors. I'm blaming, well, honestly, the, the God of the sage is blind in the eyes of the unbelievers. In a lot of ways, I wanted to justify my sin and I didn't want to give up my life for God. Yeah. Until, I was up on this mountaintop. I'm going to call it a mountain just for the sake oh, of... Oh, yeah, the beautiful mountain range of Anadarko, <laughs> oh, Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> yep, sandstone yeah. mountains, majestic. Yeah. And so we have 14ers in Colorado. What do we call... Uh, is that like a tour? Uh, maybe a one and a halfer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a mountain to me, and it yeah. was oh, it was glorious. That whole weekend, it was raining. Right. And I mean, everybody, they were complaining. You know, other people were, they're trying to do events outside and you've got free time and stuff. We're trying to, to make an engagement for dudes. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I happen to bring a rain suit that I've never used. How about that? I've got waterproof boots on. I guess I get to go out on the mountain by myself. It was perfect. Yeah. I had the place to myself and I needed it because the, the, uh, the encounter that I had with God in that place, in those, in those woods, when I finally, received the love that he had for me it was it was an exposure of the sin that i had been justifying that you know i said wasn't a problem i wasn't hurting anybody and he when he led me to the fact that i mean i know we don't like to use the word sin these days but when i realized the hurt that i had caused god like god had so much more for me and here i am taking all of his blessings and gifts and selfishly pouring all that stuff into myself and just keeping it from myself and then hiding these things and trying to think I could keep that from God. When I realized the weight of that sin, just the hurt and damage that I'd done, 
and then instantly, immediately receiving the love and grace of God and realizing, I knew that Jesus died for the sins of the world. I already knew that God so loved the world, he sent his only son, and that, you know, whoever believes him, I knew that part. I didn't realize he did it also for me, like, until that moment. And man, I mean, then the tears flowed, right? Like, it was... That's why I would say I'm glad I was up there and alone in the rain. You couldn't see the puddle I made because it was yeah. being washed away by the rain. But, dude, I needed that so bad. Wow. Um, it was like all of the the weight of 38 years at that point. I was 38 years old. The weight of carrying my world on my shoulders and just trying to do it on my own, trying to learn enough, trying to be enough, do enough, all of that on my own. And he just said, you can lay it down, son. Like, I love you anyway. Like, you don't need all that. You just need me. And that's, it was unbelievable. <laughs> it was unbelievable. It's so life-changing. Um, because everything I'd done up to that point, I just considered loss compared to what I just received. And it was the gift of God's love, unconditional yeah. love. Yeah. Friday, yeah. I remember the new name session. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. Right. And I like, I can hear from God now. Like, I can't wait to see what he has for me. And, uh, I went up there and prayed and I've prayed hard. I'm like, yo, show me now. Like now you can show me. And this kind of harkens back to the days when I used to say, well, you know, I would believe in God if he'd show me like a burning bush or like a, you know, come to me in a form of a lightning bolt or something. And I'm like, now you can show up, God. Show me this awesome thing. And I was like, oh, wait, nothing? Like, nothing. I got nothing that night. Well, the guy that, you know, one of the people who responded on that session and said, well, he got his the next morning. I was like, okay, well, okay. Yeah, I'm listening hard. <laughs> My ears are open. And uh, it wasn't until worship that morning. And I'm standing there and... and I realized that he had shown me, he'd given me that name uh, on my way up the mountain that day in going into that session. I just heard Overcomer, and I was like, yeah, that sounds like a worship song or something. Yeah, that's, that makes sense, sure. But that's cliche. I'm sure that's not it. And moved on mm-hmm. until he showed me that morning. He's like, wait a second. I have made you an overcomer. You know, in the in the military, in the Army, we say, you know, adapt and overcome. And I just, you know, you just kind of take that as being a, that's how you get the mission done, right? There's always going to be some kind of uh, obstacle in the way. Yeah. Well, the obstacle that weekend could have been the rain, except, you know, I was there with an old Vietnam poncho a buddy gave me, and I strung it up between trees. I'm like, oh, wait, it's actually kind of obvious now. You did make me an overcomer. I didn't realize it, but it wasn't, you know, to bring glory to me. It's to show how much, how many gifts God has given me. And that was one of them. Um, but yeah, by Sunday morning, I mean, I was a, I was a wreck, man. Like we're, we're worshiping. I'm just making a puddle on the floor. I'm just thanking God for all He's shown me that weekend. So many things. Um, and so now it wasn't just ink on a page, right? Like now yeah. there's, there's tears mixed in with it, honestly, and it's tears of joy yeah. uh, and healing. There's so much healing came through that, uh, just yeah. to be vulnerable in God's sight. And, uh, vulnerable is not something I was very well before that, right? Uh, it's always guarded, usually keeping stuff back, uh, even for my wife, right? Um, but man, 
the healing that he worked in me that weekend, I knew that, that everything was different. And, uh, and when the invitation came that morning, that Sunday morning after worship, um, he asked if, you know, if anyone wants to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior, raise your hand. And I had been in a church where we did that every week, right? And the yeah. gospel is preached every week. Yeah. And every week I was, no, I'm good. You know, I've already done all that. That changed into, well, yeah, I'll pray the prayer. Like at first I wouldn't even pray the sinner's prayer because I thought it was a cop-out or something. It was too easy. Mm. Mm. like no it takes more than that to be a christian you can't just believe in jesus or something right i figured it took more well eventually i got used to that i could pray that prayer yes i accept jesus as my savior he's the only way to the father the only way the truth and the life and praise god that jesus made that way he's the only sacrifice it could but when i finally got to that point on sunday morning at base camp i wanted to tell the world and yes i was ready to raise my hand and if we'd have been dunking people in water, I'd have been baptized that weekend yeah. too. But, uh, but man, I, that was the first time I raised my hand. I remember the guy sitting next to me, um, whom I've run into at other True North events since then, thank God. But he's, uh, he's like, man, good job. Congratulations. I was like, well, I didn't think I did anything. But now that you mention it, that was kind of a big deal for me. Yeah. Like, yeah. do that in front of other guys. And guys that were mm-hmm. clearly, I mean, I respected them even though I didn't know them. Like I could see something in these guys that was completely different than what I was used to seeing, uh, you know, in my community at least. I'm sure those guys existed in my church, but I wasn't trying to meet them because yeah. I didn't want them to know me, right? Yeah. But, yeah, it was amazing. Um, and then as soon as I left that camp, I mean, as soon as I drove off, and I remember before leaving, you know, it was uh, somebody – Stopped me at the door kind of on the way out. He's like, you know, you're you're actually going out onto the battlefield now, right? Like, you've been protected. We protect these camps well, and I know that now. Uh, but he says, you've been under our protection here, but as you leave, just remember, you're going out into the battle. And I remember thinking, bring it. Like, yeah. come on, it's time. I'm ready. Yeah. I've been sitting on the sidelines for 38 years, yeah, like, yeah. letting other people fight the battles. and And again – now it's not about doing the thing. It's joining with God and what he's already doing. Like, mm-hmm. it's already done. Jesus won the victory, but there's so many battles to fight today for our attention, for the ones we love. And I was, I was just thinking, yeah, I mean, God's made me an overcomer, right? Like, I am a warrior. I know that. I'm ready. I'm ready to go.